Ruben wants to know about sellers sticking around after the sale. I'm David C. Barnett, and you're tuned in to Small Business and Dealmaking, the podcast, YouTube channel, and blog where I talk about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized businesses while controlling risk. So if you're looking to take control of your future through buying a business one day, or if you already own a business and you're looking to grow or exit, you've come to the right place. I talk about interesting things, I talk to interesting people, and I answer your questions every week right here. So be sure to hit like and be sure to hit subscribe, and let's get to it. Hey everyone, I got a, a, a note in the bottom of one of my YouTube videos uh, from a few weeks ago, what number do I multiply from Ruben, who asks, hello David, great content, thank you for your videos. Thanks for watching Ruben. Um, question on consulting agreements. For Main Street or lower middle market deals after the typical 30-day transition period post-closing, what are the typical consulting agreements between sellers and buyers you see post-closing in terms of duration of the agreement, payment terms, overall involvement of the seller? Thank you. I think this is a great question, um, and you're not going to like the answer, uh, which is simply it depends, right? Um, I will say one thing is that the typical 30-day transition period, I've never experienced typically, right? Um, that's that's not a thing. What matters is the type of the business and what information or knowledge base has to be transferred between the seller and the buyer, okay? So, so what do I mean by that? Well, think about the last time you had a new job, right? And so you went into a new workplace and there were things that you needed to learn. After a couple of weeks, you probably had picked up enough things to be able to be somewhat productive and useful. It's the same kind of thing when you buy a business. You are going to have to learn things. And in the beginning, there's going to be a lot of new things that you learn. And then you're going to learn how to conform or fit your existing experience and background into the day to day. You're going to start conceptually to understand why and how things are done. And you're going to start to learn the tools or learn where to find the tools in the business to do the things that you need to do. And who in the business outside of the seller um, is familiar with that stuff and can be helpful, right? And so you're, you're going to work your way into that role. Now, when somebody is buying a business, you know, before you make the deal, some of the things you're asking the seller is, what do you do here every day, right? So you want to have an idea of what functions exactly the seller is part of in, in the business so that you will be able to learn what you need to learn in order to do their job. The seller should be creating the outline or the vision or rough sketch of what the transition should look like, what they need to convey to you, because they're the ones that know, right? They are going to be the ones that know what they need to teach you. And then the question is going to be, how are you going to capture that? So, I'll give you some examples, right? Um, I once helped my ex-wife uh, buy a business. And in the business, there were a lot of little tools and machinery. And there was an engraving machine, for example. And the seller had been using that machine for like 20 years. And there was no documentation of any kind. And so the seller thought that she would just like show my ex how it works. And then that would be done. This was pre-smartphone days. So we actually had a video camera and she took the video camera in and made a series of training videos where the seller demonstrated the machine. So not only did my ex learn from her 
but she recorded it in video format and created a set of training videos for any future employees that she might engage, right? So that's what I mean by how are you going to capture and document the information being transferred to you? Um, I talk a lot about, you know, formalizing businesses and getting things organized. And um, my online program, easysmallbizsystems.com, takes you through um, 13 steps in order to systematize a business. And so I encourage business owners to go through that program before they sell because it's going to make their business more sellable. Uh, the actual program name is build a business that people will want to buy, right? And so if people don't do that, if there's a lack of organization, tools, systems, et cetera, in the business, then I encourage buyers to take that program so that when they get into the business, they know what spaces need to be filled in. They're, you're going to have a matrix built of all the different stuff that you know you need to learn and fit it in so that you can create a more organized and systematized business that you're going to be able to operate. Okay. And so the seller's trying to create a plan of what needs to be conveyed to you. You're trying to figure out how you're going to record and document that, document that information. And in my experience, it's always a shorter period of time than people think. Buyers always believe that there's some special sauce in running the business that's going to take a long time to convey. And it's never as long as you think. Okay. And so what I was learning as a business broker in the beginning, I was putting things like four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks, a transition period. And then after I was closing these deals and I would go back and talk with the buyer and seller, uh, I would have buyers say things to me like, yeah, Pete's supposed to stay around for eight weeks. But after like the third week, I told him to go home and I would call him if I needed him. Right. And so that's when I started to realize that and, and sellers didn't like the long commitments. Right. That's when I started to realize that maybe it wasn't quite necessary to have these long transition periods. Maybe there's a different, smarter way to do it. And so that's when I started to suggest to buyers that we have a short full time transition period, followed by some kind of option or allowance that would that would allow the buyer to recall the seller to come back. Because when you learn a whole new set of skills and you and you run a you know a new business, there's the day-to-day -day tasks that you learn. And then there are the things that happen every once in a while, like filing a sales tax return to a government, right? It's not something that you do all the time, but maybe it's something that happens quarterly or or something like this. And so you're in there, you learn the business, you're running the business, you're helping the clients, you're managing the process flows, you're you're taking care of suppliers, and then there's this. Thing that comes up that you're not quite sure about. Well, now wouldn't it be great to be able to have that seller come back in, right? And so what I started to do was suggest that people have like a two, three, four week full-time engagement, and then a certain number of days that the buyer could recall the seller to come in over the course of the next year, for example. I've also seen this expressed in a certain number of hours by telephone or Zoom. Zoom is a game changer. Right. Because at one time it was, well, you know, the seller is going to retire and move to Florida. Well, now it doesn't matter. Right. Because they've got a computer that you can join them on Zoom. You can show them the computer screen. You can ask them, you know, what what is the regulator, you know, government agency asking me when they put this, you know, on the screen? Well, and the seller can help you out. Right. And so you can like have this prolonged engagement of quick you know, calls or quick consultations 
to help smooth over the bumps after the initial transition has already occurred. Now, that's if the seller is departing altogether. What if the seller is somebody who is possessed of specific skills or knowledge that is far deeper? So what if the seller is actually the primary salesperson? What if the seller is actually a, you know, someone with a license that needs to be transferred to a buyer over a course of time? There's a qualification period from a government agency, for example. What, what if these types of things are happening? Well, now we're starting to talk about a situation where you're buying the business and then that necessitates you having to keep that person on we're talking more about a job for the seller, right? And when, when sellers start to realize that they're gonna be employed after the transaction, then they start to think about what's my time worth? Like, what should I be paid? And then this has an impact on the buyer because if you look at the business and you look at the SDE and the EBITDA of the business, well, that was money that flowed to the seller. Now, what we're talking about is that money can't flow to you because now we have to have a salary for the seller because they're going to stick around. And so it changes the value of the business, which is why I keep telling sellers, get yourselves organized, get systems in place so that transitions can be made more quickly because now the buyer is going to factor out that cash flow they're going to miss by paying you into the valuation of the business. Right. And so, I see this sometimes too, you know, now we're talking about somebody sticking around for six months, a year, two years. We might even be talking about, um, you know, disguising the transaction. What do I mean by that? Well, if personal relationships held by the seller are a key to the value in the business, sometimes you don't want to tell the customers, for example, that the business has actually been sold. So the purchase or the new owner may actually be presented to the market as the new partner who is coming in to help transition out the seller. So the seller can then say to the customers, here's Sally. She just became my partner by buying into the business. We're working together over the next two years so that I can do my retirement. And now you've got a period of time where Sally can start to create, create her own relationships with the customers. And we can actually get a transmission of the goodwill from the seller personally, individually to Sally, right? This is something that you see more in like a professional practice kind of thing where the trust in the individual and their leadership of whatever the firm does is so critical in order to maintaining the customers. In that kind of scenario, now you're talking about, you know, years of payroll going to the seller, which would then even further encumber the value of the business being acquired. And so anyway, Ruben, uh, great question. I hope that I, I hope that I answered it. It basically comes down to the complexity of the tasks that the seller does, the level of organization and the tools that have already been put together that are there as a resource. And by tools, I'm talking everything from every level of the business. I once had a restaurant owner um, talk about how they had taken years to perfect the perfect want ads for employees for employment, right? And that all of those were saved on a computer and it would all be transferred over to the buyer. Things like that have real value because it means that the person stepping into the role doesn't have to recreate everything. 
Um, and that in valuable information in the mind of the seller isn't going to be lost when that person transitions out. Every business has a system. Every one. The question is, where is the system? Is it written down on paper or is it in someone's head? And it may not be in the owner's head. It may be in some of the employee's head. And that's why something like easysmallbizsystems.com, that program, build a business that people will want to buy, um, can really deliver great value for sellers in helping you make a more sellable business. But if you're a buyer and you find a business that's a hot mess, that program will help you organize and get everything contained and under control so that you can have a much better time running the business than what the seller experienced. And in turn, it would become a greater value asset to you and be easier when the time comes for you to sell it. Anyway, thanks, Ruben. Thanks, everyone. And uh, we'll see you next time. So how can you learn more about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized businesses? Easy. Head over to my blog site, davidcbarnett.com, where you can learn more about me and how I work with my clients. You can learn more about my books and the online courses that I've prepared for you. You can find out about how to subscribe to my email list, the YouTube playlists, etc. There's literally hundreds of hours of content there, all for free, and I'd love for you to be my guest. Special thanks go out to Jeff Alpaw Customs for being my tailor. Men all around the world can look dangerous, just like me, with the help of Jeff Alpaw Customs. JeffAlpaw.com. Use the code DCB10 to save. They handle multiple currencies and ship anywhere you happen to be.